0: no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host and co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for this Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. It's a special one. I hope you had a great weekend. I know where I am. It is getting hot outside and I have to be honest with you. I love every second of it. I, I just can't stand people. You know, some people say, oh, it's too hot. It's too humid. I say, bring it on. I could live in Florida. I could move down to the South, Georgia, South Carolina. doesn't matter. Get me in the hot weather and I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I never experienced cold weather again. I'd be okay with that. I would be totally, maybe missing snow every once in a while, but honestly, I get sick of that too. Give me the heat. But not only that, when the weather starts to get warmer, you start seeing those temperatures in the 90s. The humidity starts to return. To me, not only does it signify summer break, which I still get, thank you very much, but also it signifies that training camp is on its way. Whenever it starts to get really hot, I start thinking about the Steelers returning to St. Vincent College. Fingers crossed they get to go back there again this year after being told by the NFL in 2020 they were not allowed to leave their home headquarters. Hopefully they get back there. Hopefully there's fans there. Hopefully they all get to experience that at Chuck Knoll Field. But even if they don't, it's still, when the warm weather comes, I start thinking about training camp, the boys being back in town, the black and gold, battling it out, training camp battles, this, that, or the other. I talked about training camp battles last week. If you missed that, go and check it out. And if you just stumbled upon this podcast, understand that you can find our podcast platform wherever you get your podcasts, Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. And this is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is a part of SB Nation. So it should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. This is a special episode for another reason. During this episode, at some point, I could tell you when, but I'm not going to. At some point during this episode, you are going to hear me give you a clue. And that clue is going to be a player. It could be a current Steeler. could be a former Steeler. And you are going to get a clue every single day this week, Monday through Friday. Not just on my podcast, okay? So you're going to hear me Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm going to give you a clue at some point. On Tuesday, you're going to hear from Michael Beck, our deputy editor on the live mic. He's going to throw in his clue at some point. And then on Thursday, Dave Schofield, in the Stat Geek, he is going to give you a clue. So you got to collect all five clues, you have to look at them, you got to figure out what's going on, what is the code, and you can win yourself some free swag. If you want more details, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I published a story Sunday morning that outlined everything with the giveaway. And if you have any questions, you can always hit me, hit me up on Twitter, at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. With all that out of the way, the weather, the contest, everything's out of the way, I wanted to talk today during this podcast about reasons why the Steelers will be a playoff team this year. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. I said it. They're going to be a playoff team this year. And it, there's a lot of people out there that will laugh at that. There's a lot of people out there that will say, Jeff, you're crazy. There's a lot of fans out there that I'm going to question whether you're even a fan of the team. Because there's a there's a situation where you can be realistic. Uh, my father and my brother are real. They, they call themselves realists. I call them pessimists. To me, you're splitting hairs with the two. They say, quote unquote, they're realistic, meaning that they think they're going to struggle. It's a tough schedule. Ben Roethlisberger's getting older. Yada, yada, yada. I'm an optimist. I'm someone that sees the glass as half full. If you've listened to me, whether it was back in the the standard days, the homer and the hater, the Steelers preview, which still happens every Thursday night, or now with my Let's Ride podcast, you know I'm an optimistic guy. I am a, someone that always finds ways to believe that the Steelers are going to succeed. So I'm going to give you five reasons why the Steelers are going to make the playoffs in 2021. Now, I've already gone on the record and said that I see this team being a double-digit win team. They could be 10-7 and seven with a 17-game schedule. They could be 10-7. And, and if they are, I think that's still a pretty good record with looking at their schedule. It is a tough schedule. No one is saying that it is going to be an easy road for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. But let's go through these five reasons. I'm going to go and talk about each one of these reasons as to why I believe the Steelers are going to make the playoffs this year. And just so you know, you might disagree with every single word that comes out of my mouth, and that's okay. Because I, I actually believe that maybe I'll do a an antithesis to this podcast where I look at and say five reasons why the Steelers won't. Make the playoffs. So maybe I'll try to put on the glasses that my dad and my brother wear and be a little bit more pessimistic and say, well, why wouldn't the Steelers make the playoffs? Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that next Monday. That's a good idea. I'm glad I thought of it. Thanks for your help. All right, let's get this started. The t- this is in no order. Okay, I'm going to say number one, but it doesn't mean that it's the top. These are pretty much all equal, in my opinion. The first reason why I think the Steelers are going to be in the playoffs in 2021 is their defense. Maybe you know I, I would go as far to say that this should be at the top of the list. It should be number one. The defense. Even without Bud Dupree, even without Mike Hilton, and even without Steven Nelson, I still think this defense is going to be really, really good. Think back to free agency. Think back to what we were all thinking, all feeling. And I say feeling on purpose. What are we all feeling when Tyson Alualu is going to go back to Jacksonville. Everyone thought, oh, what a gut punch. You knew that Dupree wasn't coming back. You had an inkling, especially when the Steelers signed Cam Sutton, you had an inkling that Mike Hilton wasn't coming back. Steven Nelson was a cap casualty. We kind of had a gut feeling it was going to happen with someone. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be him, but it was. And he's still on the market, by the way. That should tell you something. Anyways, when Alu, Alu though, was leaving, no one expected him to leave. No one expected him to sign elsewhere, but then out of, I would call it luck and circumstance, he finds his way back to Pittsburgh and now everything else is kind of falling into place. So the return of Tyson Alulu means that that defensive front Stephon Tuitt, coming off of an 11 sack season in 2020, Alulu will be back as well as Cam Hayward. Now Cam did not have as many sacks, but that does not mean he did not play well. You also bring back Chris Wormley. They have the experience depth in Isaiah Bugs, Carlos Davis, who's in his second year. You can even throw in Henry Mondeau. Isaiah milks a draft pick. That defensive front in the 3-4 scheme should be just fine. But the front seven is where you have to kind of say, are they still as good? Well, we know the defensive front is solid. But what about at the linebacker position? There's a lot of pressure on Alex Highsmith this year. And I, I'm sure that he is prepared for that. I'm sure the coaching staff has prepared or is preparing him for that pressure. He is going to have to perform. And it's only his second year. Ideally, you don't need a player to step up in a big way in their second year. But at a position like Highsmith is playing, you look at the fact that they lost to Pre. You also see that they didn't bring in any type of pass rushing help, unless you count Cassius Marsh being re-signed, the Pokemon King, or they bring in Quincy Roche, a six-round draft pick. That's not really stocking the shelves with quality pieces. So this is a lot of pressure on Alex Highsmith. How he responds to this pressure will be unbelievably critical. If he can't at least generate some Pass rush, which we think, I think, we all should think after watching him in his rookie year, he should be able to do that. If he's good at anything, it's rushing the passer. He has a good arsenal of pass rushing moves, great bend. He's got that inside spin move already mastered. He is going to be able to get to the quarterback, and he's going to have to be able to get to the quarterback, or else the offense. The opposing offense is going to be sliding all of the protection to TJ Watt. They're going to be chipping him. They're going to be throwing double teams his way. It's going to be up to Highsmith to win his matchup. That's something that Bud Dupree, it it did not happen right away, but he finally was able to do it. And when he did, that's when the defense really started clicking on all cylinders. So again, a lot of pressure on Alex Highsmith. He is going to have to perform. He's going to have to step up in a big way. And if he can, this defense isn't going to miss a beat because also I think the secondary is just fine. I talked about this last week. Everyone's concerned about the cornerback position. Should they go out and get someone? They did. Arthur Millette. Go check out Jeffrey Benedict's film room that ran on Friday of last week, saying breaking down what Arthur Millette brings to the Steelers' defense, and it is really, really well done. And what you see is that Millette is a versatile guy. He can play that slot position that Mike Hilton played. He can even flex back to safety. He's played both of those positions in the NFL. This isn't Trey Norwood, seventh round draft pick from Oklahoma, who has played all those positions in the Big 12, which is not known for defense, by the way. This is a guy that's done it in the National Football League. He's going to be a good addition. You throw in, you know, Norwood himself, you throw in Shakur Brown, the undrafted free agent. You look at James Pierre, Justin Lane, they're going to have players available. Can they get the best out of them? I think they can. I hope they can, but I still think the secondary is just fine. I think Joe Hayden, even though he's getting older, is still going to be a legitimate player for the Steelers in this defense. And lastly, with the defense, my gosh, you have to talk about TJ Watt. What's incredible about TJ Watt is that he has improved every single year that he has played in the National Football League. And I'm not just talking about from the eye test. There's players that you watch and think, man, they're really getting better. They're really improving. No, I mean you see that. Trust me, you see it. We all see it. We all watch the games. You also see it in the statistics. His sack numbers have gone up every single year. Tackles for losses gone up. He's still getting turnovers, whether it's an inter- whether it's interceptions or forced fumbles. He's a force. Can he continue to get better? That's a, that's a sticking point for a lot of people. There's a lot of fans that wonder, can he get better? I'm going to answer this as simple as I can. He's given me no reason to think that he won't. I'll just put it as plain as day. Until he takes a step backwards, who am I to think that he can't continue to take steps forward? That's what I think. That's exactly what I think. So this defense is the top of the list, should be, and I think they are absolutely going to be the reason why, one of the reasons why the Steelers make the playoffs. Let's go to the next one. A new look offense. Matt Canada takes over, and you have a really strong rookie class. The top three picks were all offense. We're talking Najee Harris running back from Alabama. Pat Fryermuth, tight end from Penn State. Kendrick Green, center slash guard from Illinois, he's hoping, we are all hoping, that he becomes the center for the Pittsburgh Steelers for maybe the next decade plus. But still, that's a really good group of rookies that are probably, in some way, shape, or form, going to contribute their first year in the league. The wide receiver depth, I think, is legitimately one of the best in the league. You have Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Ray Ray McLeod. Not many football teams in the National Football League can say they have At least four. We'll throw out Ray-Ray McLeod. We'll just throw him out because he's kind of that wild card. But let's just throw McLeod out that they have four legitimate starting receivers on their roster. Don't you think that's something the Baltimore Ravens would like to have? They can't draft a receiver to save their life. They just did. We'll see if that player pans out. Don't you think that the New England Patriots would love to have that problem? They can't draft receivers either to save their life. And here are the Steelers sitting on five, we'll say four, legitimate number one receivers. James Washington, in his own way, is a really good receiver. He just doesn't get the opportunities. I'm not sure if he fits into what the Steelers used to do, but that's kind of the point here. This is a new look offense. We don't know what their plans are for James Washington in this offense. He could be completely different. We're hoping. Fingers crossed, my gosh, we're hoping that the running game is improved. Be, well, I, can it get worse than last year? I don't think so. They were dead last in yards per carry and yards per game. If they, if they become, and Dave Schofield talked about this on his Stat Geek, I think it was last week, it might have been the week before. Even if they were middle of the road in terms of running the ball, they don't. I don't think anyone expects nor demands and this includes Art Rooney II, team president. I don't think anyone demands the Steelers to lead the league in rushing. Would it be great? Sure, it would be great. They don't have to. Because Dave even said this in his podcast. The middle-of-the-road team was the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they rushed for the average just over 100 yards a game, 4.3 maybe yards per carry. That was 16th in the league. They don't need to jump from 32nd to 1. If they just go from 32nd to 16 automatically you have a more balanced attack you have less pressure on ben roethlisberger and the defense can't just sit there and know exactly what you're going to do the predictability of the play calling the predictability of the offense in general changes dramatically when you can run the football and the one last thing i want to talk about this with this offense is it can't be worse than Randyland, right right come on now can it it can't it can't be worse randy land was they couldn't run the football they were ridiculously predictable in certain situational football they struggled when it mattered the most randy feetner everyone said this when he was fired i'm sorry not asked back i'm sorry did not have his contract renewed i use air quotes there for those that can't see me which no one can Everyone said, but he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Just such a great guy. Oh, Randy, such a nice guy. Hope he lands on his feet. Yeah, I hope he lands on his feet too. But just because he's a nice guy doesn't mean that what he did with the Pittsburgh Steelers was worth anything. It wasn't. It was awful. It was awful. He was literally Ben Roethlisberger extended. And even that didn't work in 2020. It's going to be up to Matt Canada to kind of change that culture. It's going to be up to Matt Canada to have some buy-in, and we talked about this on the Steelers preview, and I wrote this in an article last week. There's no way that the Steelers, in terms of talking with Ben Roethlisberger, who knew Matt Canada after being the quarterback's coach for a year, there's no way that they didn't say, hey, Ben, here's what we're thinking about the offensive coordinator. You got to be on board here. You got to be on board. And Ben had to say, all right, I know Matt. They probably talk to each other. All right, we can do this. Let's do this. And same vice versa. They had to talk to Canada and say, look, Ben's still probably going to be the guy. Can we make this work? Because like, it's got to work. It has to work. And Matt Canada probably said, yeah, we can make it work. So they both had to kind of rubber stamp this deal. And that's where this new look offense is going to come from. It's going to be a reason why this team makes the playoffs, especially early in the season, early in the season, when people are not know, they don't know what to expect from this offense. A little bit of a With a little bit of disguise, we'll put it that way. All right, everyone. We're going to take a break. When we come back after this break, we're going to talk about the other three reasons why the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to make the playoffs. And we're also going to give you that clue. Stay tuned. Be right back after this break.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly.
1: All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And ladies and gentlemen, it is time. It is time. It's time for the clue. And when you hear this sound on all all the podcasts this week, you're going to know that the clue is coming up. Here we go. All right, that means that the clue is here folks. It's day 1. You need to remember this player. The player, the Pittsburgh Steeler. Clue number 1, for some free swag from Breaking T and behind the Steel Curtain. Hines Ward. That's right, the former Georgia Bulldog quarterback drafted by the Steelers turned into a wide receiver. Hines Ward is your first clue folks. Write it down. Make a mental note. And then see if you can piece the puzzle together by the end of the week. There it is. So listen to the music. Listen for that. I don't know when. I honestly don't know when Michael is going to be putting his clue into his show. That's up to him. I gave him and Dave and myself free reign to do it whatever they want. They could start the show off with it. I don't care. They could wait till the very end of the show. Don't care either. You, the listener, is going to have to listen to every show. And if you don't hear it, you're going to have to listen to the whole show. Yeah, we did that on purpose. Yeah, we did that on purpose. All right, let's go. Let's continue. We already talked about the first two reasons why the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. We talked about the defense and the new look offense. Let's go with number three, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I said it. Ben Roethlisberger. Why? He is still the straw that stirs the drink. He always has been. He always will be the straw that stirs the Steelers drink. I know the perception of him is dreadful right now. He, you know, is not getting younger, 39 years old. He's a year older than me. Birthday's in March. That's neither here nor there. Okay. <laughs> he's my favorite player. Um, he's also, though, a guy that last year had a really good statistical season. Yeah, he started off 11-0, and I know that he finished with a dud, and we know that the dud was the playoff game, the loss to the Cleveland Browns at Heinz Field in the wildcard round. But he had a great st- statistical year last year. And I, I can't get over or can't, get this out of my mind that in 2021 or leading up to 2021 he is going to have a full off season to prepare himself and to prepare his body i've said it before i'll say it again i'll probably say it another million times before the season starts this was an off season that is not going to be anything close to what he went through last year last year he went under the knife he had the surgery uh then he started just rehabbing his elbow and he's getting his arm right I want you all to understand that during all this stuff, when he's going to California to work with a throwing specialist, he's having the surgery, he's getting the stitches out. We all saw it in the bigger than Ben documentary. If you didn't see it, my gosh, go back and watch it. Just go to YouTube, search bigger than Ben. And you'll find, I think there were four episodes, tremendous stuff, but throughout it all you're seeing, and maybe this is just me as a personal trainer, someone that has helped athletes rehab injuries, including elbows and shoulders and things of that nature. During that time, you're so hyper-focused on that one rehabilitative process that you cannot really focus and put a ton of energy on everything else. Things like getting your legs right. Things like getting the rest of your body, your cardiovascular health. And yeah, Ben was running the steps of Heinz Field. That's great. It still is just, it's kind of like a giant distraction because the whole time Roethlisberger's going through this rehab, he's probably in the back of his mind wondering, is my elbow right? Is it going to be right And let's also not forget his first game wasn't a preseason game. It was Monday Night Football Week 1. That's stress. So he's going to have a full offseason to prepare. And let's also not ignore the fact that, like I said, he had a really good statistical season last year. He threw for 3,803 yards, had 33 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. I'll say that again. He threw 33 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. He had a 94.1 rating. I don't want to hear this, well, Jaffe, it's because they threw the ball so much. I don't care. He still almost threw for 4,000 yards. He didn't even play in week 16 last year. Remember against Cleveland. If he would have played in that game, he probably would have had a good one. And yeah, he threw a lot of picks down the stretch. But still, 33 to 10 in terms of touchdown to interception ratio. Give me that. I'll take it. I will take it. No one is expecting Roethlisberger to ever have a clean stat sheet when it comes to interceptions. He's going to have his brain farts. He's going to have those plays that you're thinking scratching your head, Like, whoa, whoa, what did he see there? That's just, it's always been him. That's not me being an apologist. That's always been him. So I hope that fans realize that Roethlisberger coming back is actually a bonus. In my opinion, you may disagree and that's fine. But in my opinion, it's a bonus. All right, let's go to the next one. Fourth, the pass rush remains a Dominant and disruptive. So I talked about this a little bit when I mentioned the defense early in the podcast, actually, right off the top. The front seven is returning. You're also getting Devin Bush back. Vince Williams gets cut, cap casualty, he comes back. Robert Spillane is healthy. Ulysses Gilbert III maybe is a guy that still is hanging around I don't know Buddy Johnson was drafted in the fourth round he's expected to be at least quality depth at inside linebacker a special teams guy probably and still we talked about Highsmith and the pressure on him TJ Watt can he continue to get better the defensive front I could totally see someone like Cam Hayward having a better I think he had four sacks last year that's it uh, I could see him having a better season. Maybe Stefan Tewitt comes back down to earth a little bit after 11 sacks. If they were a little bit more even, maybe seven apiece, that would really help. This front seven is still going to be really, really good. I hope fans see it that way. If you only lose Bud Dupree, if you only lose, Bu- lose Bud Dupree, you're going to be okay. In my opinion, you're going to be just fine. When you can attack from multiple positions, Devin Bush back. I talked about Vince Williams back. And some, some fans would counter this and say, well, Jeff, that they also lost Steven Nelson. And in the back end, it's kind of like, uh, they, they complement one another. If you force a quarterback to hold onto the football longer because your coverage is great, you get more sacks. Yeah. You can make that argument same as, well, if you pressure the quarterback, you're going to force them into mistakes that the secondary can then take advantage of which comes first. That's kind of like the chicken or the egg, which comes first, the chicken or the egg. That's debatable. We could always have a a long and unending debate on which came first. So in this case, the Steelers clearly are probably going to go back to that 2018 mentality, which is we're just going to get after the quarterback. We're going to get after the quarterback. We're going to blitz if we have to, and we're going to hope that our back end can hold up. That might change. It did that year. It did in 2019 as well. But when you realize if the back end's not going to be capable of playing a lockdown style of defense in the secondary, then you're going to have to make sure you put pressure on the quarterback. And you're going to have to do that at any means necessary. Then Mike Hilton was a guy that they used to blitz a lot. They're going to, have to find someone else to do that. Find some, what is it, Is it James Pierre? Is it Justin Lane? I doubt it. Justin Lane's on a blitzer. He's an outside cornerback. People need to get that through their heads. Is it Shakur Brown? Is it Arthur Millette? Is it someone like Antoine Brooks Jr.? We'll see. That's something that's going to have to play out, but I have no doubt this pass rush has led the league, I believe, the last three seasons. I remember the first time they had 50 sacks. Everyone said, do you think they could do it again? I said, said, no, no. It was a great year, but no, I don't expect them to get 50 again. They'll probably have a little drop-off, and they have yet to do it. So why would I, in my right mind right now, say that that's going to change at all. It's kind of like what I said about TJ Watt. Until they give me a reason to think they're going to have a step backwards, I'm not expecting it at all. All right, the last part. The last reason why I think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs and and this is going to drive some fans absolutely bonkers. I there might be people driving in their car that are like pounding their steering wheel, cussing at me verbally, I mean, whatever. The coaching staff. I think the coaching staff is a reason why the Steelers are going to make the playoffs this year. Mike Tomlin has his share of detractors. There's people that hate his guts for whatever reason, whether it's the fact that he replaces Bill Cowher that they loved. Maybe it's because the last few years, the Steelers have struggled down the stretch. Maybe it's the lack of playoff success in recent memory. It's all there. I cannot debate that. I cannot say anything to that. To those people that use facts and say, Jeff, the guy hasn't won a playoff game since 2016, what am I supposed to say to that? I, it, it's fact. We're not talking about any gray matter here. This is very factual. That's a factual statement. So when I look at this, I say, okay, well, I I really like this coaching staff. And the changes that they've made, I, I think it's only going to help. If I were to go back and pinpoint in the last five years one coaching addition that made a gigantic change, it would be when the Steelers, when the when Cincinnati Bengals let Terrell Austin go, he's a defensive coordinator, and the Steelers should come on in, help us out, be an assistant, help in the secondary. That made a big change. That change that, made, that happened when Terrell Austin came over to the Pittsburgh Steelers was very similar, in my opinion, to when Mike Munchak came to the Pittsburgh Steelers. No one wants to talk about that as much because it wasn't as glaring. When the Steelers' offensive line just started pummeling people, Everyone's, everyone took notice. Obviously, you took notice. But this coaching staff, I really like it. I really like Matt Canada. I'm excited about what he can do. I'm excited about Adrian Clem. I said this on the Steelers' preview last Thursday night. I, I th- I'm think i really excited for Adrian Clem. He played in the league. He's won Super Bowls. He has been with the Steelers for the last two seasons under Sean Surreth. And even his, his coach Morgan, his assistant was a, an offensive line coach, head offensive line coach for the Atlanta Falcons. They have a ton of experience along the offensive line from a coaching staff standpoint. I love it. Alfredo Roberts comes in. He's a guy that played in the league. I, I can't stress this enough. Ike Hilliard played in the league. These players, these, these men that are coaching these players, they did it. Ike Hilliard can talk to Juju Smith-Schuster and say, run the route this way. Because when I played the game in the NFL, this works. And the player's going to recognize that. They're going to pick up on that. There's only one time in recent memory that I can think that a player that had played couldn't do the job from a coaching standpoint. That was Joey Porter. Joey Porter just never clicked. The players just never really, they never really got it. And I don't know. Keith Butler played in the league. People don't realize that. He played in the league. He seems to be able to coach linebackers very, very well. They perform well under him. But I just think that, you know, you look at all the additions, it's just a really good mix. It's a good mix of, of former players. It's a good mix of guys that have done it for a long time. Think about Mike Sullivan, quarterback's coach, taking over where Matt Canada was last year. He has been around for a long time. He's worked with quarterbacks like Eli Manning. Whether you like Eli Manning or not, he had success. And so I think this is all good. I really like the staff that not only Mike Tomlin, but Art Rooney II, Kevin Colbert, the general manager, and I think he's the team president of operations, whatever title he has, they've put together a really good coaching staff. And I'm excited for this staff. I think they are going to be really, really good. They're going to really help the Steelers take it to the next level from a coaching standpoint, from a preparation standpoint, from an X's and O's standpoint. And that's why they are the last of my five reasons why the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. So let's go over. Let's recap. The five reasons. Defense. The defense is going to be legit again. You book it right now. The new look offense is going to be different. You're going to surprise some people early. They're going to have to be able to adjust in the second half. That's something that Aunt Randy Feetner struggled with. But this de- this new look offense is going to be good. Ben Roethlisberger is still the biggest factor for the Steelers in terms of winning and losing. And then the pass rush is going to continue to be dominant and disruptive. And then I like the coaching staff. again, You might be in your car. You might be in the gym. You might be on a treadmill walking your dog. Whatever you do when you listen to my Let's Ride podcast and you might say, Jeff's got it really wrong. He has it so wrong, this team's going to stink. Maybe they will. But as of right now, I don't see it that way. I don't. Next Monday, I'll do the antithesis to that. I'll talk about five reasons why they won't make the play. That's going to be tough. You don't don't know how tough that's going to be? My gosh, okay? That's going to be really tough. Really tough. All right, so you hopefully you got the clue for the contest. That was in right after the break. Okay, I'm not going to say it again. You had to go back and listen if you missed it. And I had someone on Twitter, Lori. She's a longtime listener, hashtag ride or die crew member. And she reached out and said, Jeff, do they send these shirts and hoodies overseas? I said, you know what? I think they do. But if they don't, and I, I'll ask them about that. Hey, this person's in the UK or maybe somewhere else. If they don't, I'll say, send it to me and I'll make sure it gets to you. You got it. So wherever you are, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be in the continental United States or North America. Wherever you are, you can win this contest, but you got to pay attention. So tomorrow's live mic is going to be really important that you listen. Make sure you're writing these down and you have to figure out the code, figure out the code. All right. I had some fun today. I hope you had some fun today too. Hope your week's off to a great start. And I hope my let's ride podcast helped with that. Remember, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or behind the Steel Curtain, Subscribe, follow, and if you're an Apple Podcast user, do me a favor. Go to our page. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a great comment. We're already number one in terms of rankings when you search Steelers. We want to stay there. We want to keep those wolves at bay, and we need your help, and it costs absolutely nothing. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining me on this Monday. I appreciate you, all my Ride or Die crew members. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Jay Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Be a part of the Ride or Die Crew. All you got to do is listen to the show. Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Mention me. I'll always answer. That's it. That's it. I'll see you back here Tuesday night if you want to listen live and talk to me on the Locker Room app. Just download that for you on your iOS, if you're an iOS user. Otherwise, I'll see you back here on Wednesday as we always finish it out. Be safe. Be kind. And God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you Wednesday. Go you.
0: plus.